Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to another edition of Nurses Out Loud Q&A with the Nurses. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Today I am joined by Nurse Jody and our very special guest, friend, and frequent collaborator, Dr. Richard Urso. Together we are here to answer your burning questions, address your comments, and provide the support you need on your healthcare journey. We've heard you loud and clear. You wanted more interactivity, more engagement, and we are here to deliver. We want to hear your stories, your challenges, and help you find the solutions you're looking for. This is your chance to be a part of the conversation. Each episode, we feature your questions and comments, tackling the topics that matter most to you. From career advice to self-care tips, we are here to empower and uplift our community. Send us your questions, share your experiences, and let us know what you want us to discuss. We are here to create a space where we can all learn, grow, and thrive. Remember, this is not just about us sharing our knowledge. We want to hear from you. Your voice matters and your experiences are valuable. So send in those emails to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We will be featuring these questions and comments every Tuesday on this special Q&A episode with the nurses. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you're able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. All right. Well, Jody, Dr. Urso, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. It's great to be here with you too. Yes, we love it when you come on and, and join us. We always love having your scientific perspective uh, mixed in here with uh, Jody and I's commentary on everything. So, all right. Well, let's just jump right in. We've got we've got a few great questions today. Uh, so, first question today is going to be from Tanya B. And Tanya writes, uh, hey, Kimberly, I don't know if this is an appropriate question that you would entertain in answering, but in your experience, has the vax caused or sped up the development of cancers? My aunt, who is healthy as an ox, exercises daily with no prior history of anything. She was vaxxed and boosted, and she is now fighting stage four liver cancer. She had no family history, and she is just in her early 60s. Also, a friend of mine whose mom is in her 70s and pretty healthy, she was just diagnosed with what they thought was pneumonia, but instead turned out to be acute myeloid leukemia. They were also vax and booster advocates. I just feel that the speed of the elderly passing away is at an all-time high, as well as the new diagnosis of friends with cancer. Maybe it's related, maybe not. How will we ever know? And she is thankful for our input. And I just want to say, you know, Tanya, thank you for the question. I, we absolutely have seen an increased incidence and in new onset aggressive cancers, and not only that, but a return of cancers, uh, cancer diagnosis is among, among very, um, um, that have long been in remission, and among those who have been uh, vaccinated. We're seeing cancer diagnosis in young 
otherwise healthy individuals. And this disturbing new trend has seemingly left so many of these practitioners, you know, baffled, unfortunately. But Dr. Urso, why don't you weigh in on this one? Yes, certainly. I think there's uh, some facts that are not debatable. Um, Number one, the uh, Pfizer vaccine has an SV40 promoter, which is known since the 60s to block P53, the guardian of the genome. Why it's in there, we still don't know. Kevin McKiernan did some great work, and so did some other molecular biologists. <laughs> and he found that um, <clears throat> that segment in the in the Pfizer vaccine, not in the Moderna. So we know that's in there. That's not debatable. Um, the other thing is the spike protein itself um, on the virus and and on the um, uh, uh, and on the on the vaccine <clears throat> has the ability to get into the nucleus and block P53 and BRCA, the breast cancer and ovarian cancer gene. So the the virus and the vaccine can both do this. The vaccine is worse because the vaccine has um, an inability to be broken down. So you get a lot more, um, get a lot more spike protein when you take the vaccine. Um, You get trillions of pieces of spike protein. And we're finding that half the patients are still making, still have spike protein circulating in their blood uh, 180 uh, seven days later, half the patients. So six months later, they're still having this this happening. So there's also some some other mechanisms where uh, the T cells are being uh, wiped out by to some degree by the lipid nanoparticle itself. So you have several undeniable things that actually could lead to cancer um, that I just I just mentioned. The other thing is um, we have data showing um, ethical skeptic on Twitter um, and then Dennis Francourt and others are putting together data that's actually, um, it's, it's hard to do because there's a lot of corrupted info. Uh, for instance, the, um, the, the CDC stopped collecting data uh, and, and sending out data in, um, in May of 2021. And we all know what happened now. Um, the, the vaccinated were dying at higher numbers in the first 90 days. Um, more more vaccinated patients died than unvaccinated patients uh, from the vaccine. So this is something that um, the all-cause mortality uh, has been looked at uh, by Dennis Rancourt, and it's clearly there's millions of patients that it looks like have been um, injured uh, since the vaccines um, started. And and I think in general this it's a, it's a it's a great question. Um, and I think what we're seeing in my own clinic, I'm, I'm an orbital oncologist. You know, I saw three in November. I saw th- after the other round of vax, I saw three patients come in with stage four cancer in the orbit. And I know when I was at um, MD Anderson, which is one of the top, of course, the top or the, the second best uh, cancer hospital in the world. Um, I never had even three in one month like that. So um, the numbers we're getting in our clinics um, seem to be... Um, rising. And as we said, we do have numbers uh, that have been put out that show there's a rise in cancers. Uh, so, but there, the problem is the data is corrupted. We don't have, we don't have government data that's, that's clean, but even the unclean data that they've more or less corrupted, they hit some of the cancer deaths in the, um, in the COVID deaths um, is showing it's still, even with that, an uptick of, I think about 14%, but it looks to me like double I'm doing more tumors in the last two years and I, and I, than I've ever done. Now, my clinic runs um, over 300,000 patients a year through it. 
and uh, we have basically, as I said, close to doubled our our cancer patients. It may be that um, you know I'm an older practitioner, and and perhaps uh, more people are sending them my way. I don't know, but we're seeing a doubling in our clinic of cancer. So, so I think it's it's safe to say it's definitely mechanistically. Uh, undeniable that there are mechanisms that increase the the rate of cancer. And we're seeing uh, by the numbers that there is an increase in cancer. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it's been very clear and it's easy for us to see even as nurses or even just the, the general public can see that their friends and their family are, are being diagnosed with these um, cancers, very aggressive forms of cancers after being otherwise healthy. It was very interesting as I was looking into this um, today, I found this article by the Harvard Gazette. So I can, you can only imagine how that's going to go. Um, but by the Harvard Gazette, they, it's, it shows a dramatic rise in cancer in people under 50. This was published in September of 2022, and it blames altered microbiome, sleep deprivation, increase in alcohol consumption among possible culprits in 30-year global trend. So it's really trying to start saying that this has been happening uh, slowly and you know, over a period of 30 years. But you know, really, we've seen this sharp increase in just the past uh, two to three, two and a half years to three years. Yeah, well, let me tag on to that. So there was 40% more deaths uh, by the actuarial data in, 20, in, in 18 to 64. Um, and that was, um, uh, that was, again, another undeniable fact. And what they said was, same thing, you know, delayed in, delay in, in health care, blah, blah, blah. But they actually, in, the, in their statement, when they put this out, official statement, they said, but we know what, it, what didn't cause it. The vaccine did not cause it. I mean, it's an, it's an irrational statement. You, you, any scientist would just look and say, we're not sure, maybe, perhaps, or something like, we're not quite, we haven't quite pinned down the cause. You never say absolute statements like that, especially when you have undeniable evidence that it causes um, disruption of DNA damage repair, P53 and BRCA, and other uh, things that are important to, to health. I mean, your T-cells. Um, look and try to round up cancer and viruses and bacteria. That's part of their job, and they're being destroyed by the lipid nanoparticles. So there's there's undeniable things that they're they're not even taking in place and, and putting it in their differential and just being fair. They're not fair minded at all. They're completely corrupt and lying. So it gets really old to kind of talk with, you know to people that just don't even entertain possibilities. Everyone who's any general scientist I've ever worked with, as you know, I started my science uh, lab work in 1982, uh, got out of my own lab in 2005. So I spent a lot of time in basic science research. Um, I'm not a public health guy like some of the guys like Peter McCullough. No, I was in the lab. So I work with lipid nanoparticles. I work with tissue culture. I have a different background than, you know, like Harvey Risch. So I, they're, those guys are fantastic, of course. And they, um, and of course, it's more like Robert Malone. Malone is, not a, is, is, is has spent a lot of time doing in, in the lab. And, it, and of course, just for people who don't know, you know, I, I did invent an FDA-approved drug. The compound that I worked with actually won the Nobel Prize in 1983. So it was a novel invention, uh, not another Me Too drug like another stat. So I, I, I like to say, you know, when you talk to people in the government, they're not the brightest of the bunch, okay? They're not. Okay, the guys that were on our team, 
are, you know, I tell them, you guys are smart, but your 120 IQ is going to get a seat at our table. Sorry, move over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I think, and Jody can probably attest to this too. You know, I, I've worked with physicians. I've been in healthcare for nearly 30 years. I've worked with and re have really respected many of the physicians I've worked with. And it really just, I couldn't believe the the way that they were so rigid in their belief that it could be anything but the vaccine. And to me, I could never understand not questioning science when the very premise of science is a question. We're questioning things and we're hypothesizing. And I couldn't understand how these scientists um, were were just so inflexible in and hearing anything other than the the narrative that was coming from you know on high the nih cdc fda jody were you kind of experiencing the same thing with the physicians in your circle oh absolutely you know there was a a few of them a couple let's say maybe two or three maybe three that did want to you know talk about it and in have you know debate and discourse. And then there were others, the the vast majority basically was like, we work for the government. We we can't talk against this. And and to me that I was just mind blown from that because and I would call them out. I would say it, you know, and say, guys, this is a brand new technology with a brand new biologic agent in it. How in the, and you know, we're not collecting the data. Nobody's collecting the data. So how you can say, oh, it's not the vaccine because it was given millions of times, you know, and it's like, yeah, but nobody was collecting the data. We, we can only go by, you know, what we see, say observational, right? And a lot of families, a lot of friends, a lot of people are posting on social media. Hey, my mom was fine. You know, she had been cancer free for 10 years. Now she had some back pain and we find out that she's got metastatic cancer throughout her whole body. How many of those stories have we heard? So exactly. many. So, you know... Yeah, we're not, like, you know, Dr. Urso said, we'll never get the correct data. Be, why? Because nobody was, you know, we, we weren't trying to collect it, you know, right. we were doing everything but collect it. Well, I mean, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist or any amount of data. We can see clearly what's happening. Um, I don't know if there's a way that we'll ever know for sure if it was the vaccine or if it wasn't the vaccine, if it was the vaccine or if it was a spike protein induced by the vaccine, if it was a spike protein induced by the virus at this point, what difference does it make? Right. But. Um, well, hey, let me tap, let me tap in yeah. on that. Yeah, tap in. The, yeah. The, first of all, there's a lot more copies being made in the in the vaccine. There was yeah. no uptick during. There was no uptick in 2020. That's right? true. And the 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 virus the virus is is dead after five days, which is you know escaped most doctors and scientists even. When I was in D.C. and in 2020 talking to Deborah Burks about remdesivir, saying, "Hey, um, you know it can't work." Mm -hmm. well, you know, on day 15 and day 20, it's insane. So what? Why are you? You know, it, the virus is dead. She literally looked at me and said, "How do you know?" I go. It's a respiratory virus. A respiratory That's what they virus. do. Yeah. So they're all like that. And, and it's nothing, there's nothing special about it. The other thing is, um, you know, kind of going what you said, Jody, we do know we have, we have, we have, we have scientific facts that it can interfere with DNA damage repair. It's right. not, it's not a, it's not a question. It, it is. The only question is what's the true data. So, you know, right. we know it's doing it. It's not, it's not, it's not if it's doing it, it's how much is it doing it. It's, it's not about, 
you know, is it and is the virus itself doing it? Well, it's an engineered virus. Anybody who thinks it wasn't, um, you know, basically um, you, there's patents on all the structures up there. The Theron Cleavage site, uh, the CD147, the uh, TMPRSS2, all these things are, are patented. And, and, and so then they're all in this all in this COVID uh, virus that never existed before. So when you look at the at the uh, engineering of it, it was clearly engineered, and and they 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 published about it. So you know they engineered it, and then they have of course the the answer to it. So I think it's easy to say it does cause um, DNA damage repair mechanisms to fail, and that is going to cause an increase in cancer. We just don't know how much because we got people that have P53 gene deletions and they get cancer a lot. And we have people with BRCA deletions and they get breast cancer and ovarian cancer. We know what happens. It's just a matter of, we don't know how much and right. we do. And it looks like it's a pretty big number. Like, um, and we see, and all cause mortality and death is way up in younger people. And it's not because their microbiome changed. I mean, it's, that's absurd. Right. Yeah. And they never want to talk about microbiome anyway. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. they never want, they to want to talk about, about it. <laughs> the gut, you know, like let's heal the gut. They never want to talk about it. So the fact that they're even throwing it out there is kind of comical to me. It's, yeah, it's well, to get people I, I, gotta, off of I, I don't want to interrupt you, but when you get done, I want to talk about the gut health in, in a no, minute. No, it'll you take, go right ahead. It'll take people by surprise a little bit, but so you're, if meat, if people say meat causes cancer, well, meat never makes it to the large intestine, period. It gets trapped in the stomach. Your small intestine thinks meat is so amazing, it traps it. It traps it in there and doesn't release it. It, it absorbs the carnitine, creatine, taurine, choline, iron, zinc, B12, K2, protein, and fat. And so it never goes to the large intestine. So when people say that, I say you're 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 making things up. It never even gets there. Now, what does get there maybe is some of the plant products and preserved meats, the uh, the um, the nitrates and things which come from celery juice and things like that. So, so some of this stuff may end up, you know, leaking in. So, if you're doing really organic, grass-fed, pasture-raised beef, raised in you know healthy environments, it's an incredibly uh, it's the best food on the planet. Now, I do tell people that the, for the microbiome, what's kind of a cool thing is vegetables. They do have they do have nutrients, but they also have a lot of toxins, and that's why the small intestine doesn't trap it. It knows it's smart enough to recognize, hey, there's nutrients here, but there's also toxins. So I'm not going to let it sit here too long. I'm going to pass it along, move it into the large intestine, and move it into the toilet. And that's what I tell my workers at work. I said every time they go to the bathroom, I said, stop eating so many vegetables. Now um, I'm joking about that. Um, but what it does is, is really cool is along the way, it stimulates the virus patches, which, of course, activates, you know, your innate immune system. So it has a homeopathic effect of stimulating the immune system. And uh, and it's 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 so it's they are important. And I tell people, you know, it's kind of why dogs eat grass. They, um, you know, they they don't they don't do it for any other reason except that it helps get their GI tract moving. Uh, so they're, they're somehow they know that innately. So anyway, um, that's, you know, if you want to know about what to do to have a bad microbiome, eat seed oils and lots of sugar, um, lots of carbs, and you'll have a crummy microbiome. 
Yeah, like Nurse Kimberly. I think Nurse Kimberly has a crummy microbiome. We've got to fix that. <laughs> We're going to work on it's my It's not microbiome. that hard, Kimberly. It's not that hard, as, as not that hard, right. likes to say. It's not that hard. Um, so, yeah. So, actually, and Jody, we're, we're kind of talking about that earlier. Jody and I are going to start um, working on some some uh, changes to our diet and see uh, what kind of results we get just by making okay. changes. Versus- I got it. Okay. Let me give your audience a couple more things. This is awesome, actually. Okay. So, your body, your mitochondria can't burn more. They're all nurses, so this makes a lot of sense to them. Your mitochondria can't be burned more than two fuels. At the same time, it can't burn diesel and regular gas. It can't burn carbs and fat at the same time. And if carbs are around, fat burning lipolysis will shut down. And the cascade of events that occurs to allow it to start back up takes about six to eight hours. So if you eat a piece of fruit or a piece or a piece of bread in the morning, um, you're not burning fat till till later in the day. So even if you go run a marathon, um, you know, you'll run 15 miles and burn off all your carbs. And then you'll start burning muscle, not fat. That's why people bonk. So, you know, in general, um, it's a really important concept. That's, that's really important. If you really want to lose weight, you have to understand portion control means nothing. And you have to be able to burn, you have to burn fat. And the only way you can do it is if you, if you improve your insulin resistance by avoiding carbs for at least half the day. So if you're doing, so you can do intermittent fasting and that's fine. But if you just eat meat, eggs, meat, fish, chicken, and you can do above the ground vegetables like spinach, um, if you do that, you'll you'll lose a lot of weight. I've had patients, and let me say this: you guys, you know, you know, I talk like an expert all the time. Well, mainly, I, I mean, I I am, but 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 part of that part of that is part of that is you know we're constantly learning. So I I worked with um, some uh, protege of of Johann Krebs, the Krebs cycle, um, and and he taught me some of the things that I'm that I'm sort of I'm telling you guys right now and. And, and one of the things I learned is that as, as much as we think we know, there's always more to learn. So it really bugs me a lot. I know you, for you guys, too, and for all the nurses listening, when people are so assuredly sure of themselves, you know, it's like that they know, you know, we just told you, you know, that we we're pretty confident about everything about the increase in cancer because there's undeniable facts of DNA damage repair mechanisms being destroyed. So. You know that's data. That's in that's science. That's how you talk. And then, and then if somebody says how many are dying, well, I can't really say. We know it looks like the data is at least fourteen percent or more. Um, but in some circles, we're seeing double double the numbers. And I told you that in my own clinic, you know, basically anecdotally, we're seeing a doubling. So, so I think in general, but it's a big number. You know, three hundred thousand patients coming through. So, but I think in general, this is how we should always approach and this is how you and i we talked with each other about things it's we're not we always leave room for possibility of something else you know potentially being out there but we have to be strong because the other side just out and out lies they're still saying these things are safe and effective so we've got to present things in a fairly dogmatic fashion at least i do to some degree to my patients and i tell them they're these are dangerous the lipid nanoparticles distribute widely the messenger RNA can't be broken down very easily. Um, and the and when you take a respiratory virus, and you guys, this is a great one. If a respiratory virus lasts a very short time, right? And they they mutate. So whenever you, in a sense, if you're over 50, you're you're not making any more T cells. So if you're actually having um any any vaccine, you're training 
your six foot wall of T cells, some of them to go and be specialists now and chase ghosts that don't exist. And that is not good for your immune system to go around the body for who knows how long, at least six months or more, uh, chasing ghosts around that don't exist. And so the flu vaccine, um, none of these RSV, none of these vaccines are worth their, what are worth their salt. Um, and, and, and that's a really important mechanism. Everyone needs to know that and remember that and tell your patients, you can't, you get, you don't have any more T cells. You train them to be specialists. That means they can't revert back and do something else. They're just specialists. And so you basically lowered your such yeah, from every other disease. Yeah, exactly. So it's a really important concept. It's super important. We need to, that's a message that we need to know this chronic flu and uh, RSV and COVID vaccines, as harmful as they are in other ways, they actually mess with your immune system health because you literally are, are chasing ghosts. Right. So, and, and it, even if it was going to offer um, even the smallest amount of protection from maybe like the Delta variant, um, it's, it's going to continue to destroy your immune system um, for every disease that comes later. <laughs> You're not going to no, have any ability to fight it off. It's even worse because what a lot of these antibodies do is they, 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 don't, they don't neutralize. They actually get on and protect. So it's even worse than that. So we, it's not even a small benefit. It's actually a negative benefit in most cases, especially COVID that, you know, that you saw after the third shot, the IgG4 non-neutralizing coding antibody, uh, antibody dependent enhancing antibodies were produced at a, in high numbers. And that's why all these five times vaccinated people are sick as dogs because their T cells have been worn out trying to chase ghosts around and they can't, they can't fight what's really there. So no, they're not doing that. They're not, they're not, you know, they're, 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 they're not getting, they're, they're not neutralizing anything. They're saying stuff that's not true. They're doing exactly what I told you. They're, they're not neutralizing coding viruses. Uh, I mean, uh, vaccines. Right. So Dr. Ursa, what are your thoughts on when people say that they took a blood test and they have antibodies? <clears throat> So, I mean, it shows you that you had a previous infection and, and, um, and that you have some, you know, if that's a slow moving virus, um, you know, you'll have, so what you want is the antibodies, right? Uh, that's, well, I'm that's talking good. specifically for COVID. Okay. So, but it, but it crosses, it crosses all these barriers. So it's basically going to mutate and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and the difference here is. If you have antibodies and you had a natural infection, they're they're much more broad based. So they're not just they're not just targeting a small area. And what's happening is you're getting mutational pressures on that 12% spike protein, which is 12% of the genome of this of the of the COVID uh, virus. So that narrow band um, is is not is not going to be. It's going to do exactly what I said. It's going to code and not neutralize. And so if you get a natural infection, you'll have a much more broad and durable um, antibody collection because you'll have been exposed to the 100% of the genome of the virus. So it's incredibly different, the response of the antibodies. This is critical, what I just told you. So if you have, um, if you have antibodies to spike versus antibodies to nucleocapsid, 
the nucleocapsid is a bigger, larger piece, and and it, it means you have other antibodies also. Uh, but we're just measuring spike in nucleocapsid. So if you have nucleocapsid antibodies, it means you have a more durable um, immune response. Amazing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So essentially what you just said is when you get the virus naturally, you get the whole virus. Yeah. When you get the the injection, you just get the spike protein. Correct. Correct. Yes. And that's a, that's an important distinction. And, and they tried to use that against us. Natural immunity is more long, broad and durable. I mean, that's always been true. And, you know, even, you know, the scientists, uh, uh, fake scientists like Fauci have even, you know, been caught on TV saying that, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. So, right. And we had, most people had that crossover immunity from like a SARS-CoV-1 infection and you still had um, antibodies from that from like 18 years. So yeah, that just, that just proves right there how it is long, broad and durable. Well, we've got so much to dig into. We're going to up against a break here. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa, 24-7, Great Talk Radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and day. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. 
Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I'm here with Nurse Jody and Dr. Richard Urso, and we are answering your questions and comments as we do every Tuesday on this special Q&A episode with the nurses and the doctors now, apparently. <laughs> Let's jump right back in. One right. of our favorite doctors. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> num- he's numero uno for me. That's it. Like that's it. All right. Well, Dr. Urso, we've got another question. Let's, let's take our second question. I can't believe that was only one, actually. <laughs> It was one and we kind of did a little, you know, spin a spin off, but we've got a, a great one here. All right. So our second question here is from Doreen M. And Doreen writes, first, let me say thank you for all you do in the continued fight against the evil taking place in our world and to humanity. We are having our first grandchild in February and our daughter-in-law told us the baby has to get a vitamin K shot at birth. My son and our family are not vaxxed and never will be. As a matter of fact, we will not get any vaccinations anymore. Unfortunately, we do not trust our healthcare system any longer. Might I add that I work in healthcare. Our family, as well as our son, do not want the baby given any vaccines, especially not a vitamin K shot. We have four boys between 16 and 29. They were not given the shot. So her question is, why is this being administered? And she goes on to say that she trusts our honest answers. And thank you for that, uh, Doreen. And I will I will start by saying I had a very militant position at one time on the vitamin K shot. 
I was very militantly for that vitamin K shot. And it wasn't because I was digging into the science of the vitamin K. It was because I was pretty much trusting the knowledge of the physicians that I worked with at the time um, who, you know, said, you know, about the, um, um, the, uh, oh, Lord, the words, <laughs> stupid menopause, <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> the, uh, Jody help. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying Kimberly, but, uh, you kind of lost me. Like they're bleeding, uh, the, I, the innate, um, clotting factors. Oh, clotting. That they're okay. not born with the clotting factors. Oh that yes. That they are not born with the clotting factor. God forgot that part. Yes. So that was, you know, the, the big thing surrounding the vitamin K vaccine and why I was so militant, like, oh, that's the one you absolutely have to have. But Dr. Urso, I'm going to I'm going to let you answer this question, because, again, I don't trust anything any longer uh, that I was told or that I had done for so many years. So I would love to hear your input on this on vitamin K. So the, the whole thing about vitamin K, babies, first of all, they do some absurd things. They give hep B to babies. It's absolutely absurd. Um, I don't know why they do things like that. You know, they have to be an IV drug user. So it's crazy that they're doing it. And and the vitamin K, um, and what, what it is, is babies don't have a lot of vitamin K um, in their bodies at birth. So, um, uh, and in, gen in general, the thought is uh, they can have serious bleeding problems. Even... Um, intracerebral hemorrhages and things like that um, so this is something where um you know they they do it and 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 i don't know that they've ever done any kind of a study on it at all i think it just became they had some of the preemies getting intracerebral hemorrhages you know you guys know that yeah. um and and i think um they basically did uh i don't know i just it's not again kind of corrupted data it's 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 not it's not honest data and i don't know how it ever started but but basically um you know babies uh don't have a lot of vitamin k and there are babies who, who are, when they're born have some issues so um i i just think it's it's almost crazy to me sometimes when i when i think about all the things that i've seen in medicine and this is one of those ones it's kind of an old wives tale and you know this is this is what we're doing now. We're we're, we're giving medicine without any real science behind it, and and it's it's only become more obvious when you look at the the whole vaccine industry. I know you guys are already, you know, quite aware of that. But uh, I would say there there might be some rationale along the vitamin K, um, but they do basically give them to all healthy babies, and I I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me. So, so in, in other words, it makes more sense to give it to a premature baby or, you know, a baby that might be at higher risk uh, for a hemorrhage. That's where, you know, it could, it could make some sense there. Um, and I think- Why do general, that when you can bill every baby, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's basically what happens, right? That's, that's our, that's our healthcare system now. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, you know, that's, that's where we are. So I, I think in general, um, when I've looked at what they've done with giving shots and medicine for babies, um, I'm just, unless there's strong data, I, I, I don't see the reason to do it. So to me, um, if I had to have another baby or if I was going through it and uh, my kids have a baby, I would definitely recommend they don't need any of that. It's a healthy baby. You know, let, let's do stuff, not just as, as a knee jerk. Hey, let's just do it. 
it doesn't make sense. We just, we started doing these things and it became protocol. And then we stopped thinking, I don't know when that happened. Um, and, I, and the worst case scenario is newborns. It's six months old getting who knows how many vaccines. So I think it's, you know, I think I had three vaccines. I think I had polio, smallpox, and tetanus in my life. And then I did actually volunteer to get the hep B vaccine because I kept getting stuck with needles. Anyway, bottom line, I think doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and it absolutely makes zero sense. This person who asked the question is obviously very awake. Um, and, and, and so I think it's good to emphasize that the hep B, which is given almost immediately, they literally, you know, they almost give it immediately. And if you're having a baby in the hospital, it's almost impossible to stop them from doing it. Yeah. Yep. Even when you say no, it happens. Oh, I thought the consent was signed. I've seen that happen. I've personally witnessed all that the happening. Time. Yeah. It's yeah. happened all the time. Because they're, they're so just used on to autopilot. Doing it. They are. They're on autopilot. They're so used to doing it. It's always, you know, the exception rather than the rule to have somebody say, no, I don't want that. Um, and they just automatically do it. And you can't unvaccinate the child once it's. Once no, it's I know. I just had one of my patients told me uh, he had, a, he had, a, uh, he had broke his ankle. And when, while he was asleep, they gave him the, they gave him the COVID vaccine. Oh gosh! Wow. And, yeah. He said, "Oh, we thought you consented to it." Uh, and he's like, "You know, he was so upset." You know. Why? And why would we be giving a vaccine when somebody's under anesthesia anyway? Like I've never heard of. I've never. That's not practice. Well, because practice. they get because they get paid. Well, we know they get paid really well. The the yeah. CEO of Methodist Hospital got a three point five million dollar bonus in twenty twenty two. Unreal. So, you know, they're getting paid really well. They're making hand over fist money in the hospitals. And that's what that's basically what what happened. If you follow the protocols, you make a lot of money. And yeah. and that's that's just the way it is now. Yeah. And um, you have to follow those DRGs exactly or or you don't you don't get the you don't get paid appropriately. So just the, bo the, the bonus money, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So just to kind of go back, um, just just a little tiny bit, you, we say it's not really necessary to get the vitamin K, um, maybe some rationale in a, a high risk or premature baby. But overall, what do you have anything to say on the safety of the vitamin K shot? Well, there's some uh, thoughts, there's some data out there that looks at uh, vitamin K and um, and the kids who got it actually had increased cancer risk for some reason. I, I think, I don't know why that would happen. Um, K2 is actually anti-tumor. So, you know, uh, but I do know, like, sometimes people don't know, but in the vitamin industry itself, like, you oftentimes get cyanocobalamin, cyanide cobalamin, instead mm -hmm. of methylcobalamin or hydroxycobalamin. So many times vitamins are, are you know, not the what you actually think they are. They're close. So you get D out fake um, the vitamin E is, is found in nature in an eight part form, alpha, beta, delta, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, tocotrienol, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, tocopherol. And so when you give it just the alpha tocopherol in these high doses, it looks like, you know, it actually just swings the whole pendulum over in one, in one, in one area and puts the whole body out of balance. So I think in general, a lot of, and then they get pyridoxine, which actually causes peripheral neuropathies, B6, yeah. instead of pyridoxal 5-phosphate. Um, they do folic acid instead of uh, tetramethylhydrofolate. And there's a lot of things in the vitamins that, that, are, that, aren't, that aren't natural. So to me, I think, no, I wouldn't do it. I mean, just to be perfectly honest, I think if there's clinical reason, uh, then I do it. I mean, 
I don't just do stuff without thinking. I, do, I don't even get that. I don't even understand it. Right. And that's what I what I love about what we're doing at, at Remnant is because we look at everybody as an ind- individual. We look at everybody holistically um, versus, look, you know, treating everybody um, the same with just this protocol medicine. It's so dangerous, in my opinion. And I've said that from the beginning. That's when, when they came out with the shot in every arm was I, I just could never understand that that line of thinking. But when we were talking about um, like kind of old wives tales, I, I thought this was a very interesting thing to I'd love to get your input on this one. You know, let's talk about the tetanus shot, the tetanus shot and the legend of the rusty nail. I had a little um, incident on Twitter. Uh, they, they, you know, I was feeling all the love on Twitter last week. So I, I got called a, let's see. Um, it, so Dr. Richard Macon, whoever that is, on Twitter asked me if I was prepared to back up my statement by standing on a rusty nail you numpty, which I looked up and it means stupid person, which apparently I'm stupid because I didn't know what numpty meant. Um. Yeah, well, you know, these people are just, they're not scientists. You know, unfortunately for most doctors, they do very little science. You know, they're mostly biology majors. They never spent time in a lab. And so I, I've always not, I never understood that because the guys I hung around with early in my career were either PhDs, MD PhDs, or kind of like me, they, they spent a lot of time in labs and, and, and went to basic science meetings. Um, and, and so I thought everyone kind of thought like that. Like one of my friends just retired from the uh, CDC and he told me well over 80% of the scientists did not take the vaccine there. So yeah, not to know. tell you everything you need to know right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's absurd, but so, yeah, so the tetanus shot, so the legend of the rusty nail, how long have, you know, I grew up, um, I grew up in the eighties and every time I would, you know, cut myself or do anything, um, hurt myself. I, you'd always, my mom would, when it, she took me into the ER, cause I was a pretty active kid and I was always getting hurt. Um, I'd be in the ER and they'd be like, Oh, does she have her tetanus shot? Cause you know, if you step on a rusty nail, you, you absolutely have to have this tetanus shot. So there's, you're not going to get tetanus from rust or a nail unless it was dipped in like horse manure. Dirt. Yeah, unless it's dirt. You need <laughs> I mean the soil dirty, maybe dirty soil. Yeah. Maybe in the soil, but mostly in like the manure. Right. So where I don't know where that legend came from, but what are your thoughts on the tetanus shot and the uh, necessity of that? Because I'm at the point, and this is what I told the doctor, that I would jab myself with rusty nails repeatedly before I would ever take another one of these toxic vaccines of any kind. And when I do mean that <laughs> You can't get the tetanus shot singly anymore. It comes with diphtheria and pertussis, both which are easily treatable. Yeah. So yeah. you can't even find the tetanus shot by itself. Mm-hmm. So 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 it's a, it's a question of do you want the uh, tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis vaccine? And my patients are coming in now and they're telling them, hey, grandma can't go see the newborn baby unless they get diphtheria, pertussis, um, tetanus, RSV, um, COVID, okay flu. I mean, this is what they're telling uh, grandparents right now, and they're doing it. I had a grandparent, she, she took the pneumovax too, and then they had her coming back a week later to get the uh, um, the um, uh, Shingrix, the new the new shingles vaccine. And literally she had nine vaccines in about less than a month. And this is an old lady. It's insane. And, you know, and like I said, that. the problem is when you start doing this, you're training your system to fight something that a lot of times never encounters. So then your system can't do other things. So if you overvax yourself, you're harming your immune cells because you're turning the generalist into specialists. This is an important concept and just keep driving that into your head. Overvaxing is not just 
it's not just the immediate reaction. It's actually the immune system is being turned into specialists, especially if you're over 50. So, you know, yeah. do you really need to do that? Is that a smart thing? I don't think it is. So. And that's why we're seeing people complain of the, just being the sickest they have ever been. They were getting multiple infections, strep throat, uh, all of these different infections. And they, I, they just complain about just being sick every other month. But let's talk about that. You mentioned the RSV vaccine for adults. For adults, we've never seen RSV in adults in my entire career. I've never seen RSV in adults until these last, I think it was 2020, 21, 22. And, and they're scaring the heck out of these people. Yeah. And they're all wanting to, you know, line up for it. And and I don't know. I just don't get it. It's it's unnecessary. It's one more thing. It's another, it's another respiratory virus. Of course, for everybody who doesn't know, came from the vaccine program. You know, so if you don't know, respiratory was called the chimpanzee vaccine virus and um and and then they, they thought well gosh people are going to be mad at us if they know we got it from so they decided to rename it the respiratory syncytial virus um so that's okay. that's another fun fact for anybody who doesn't know that i didn't know that i learned something new every day dr Earth. you know i got lots of fun facts so you do you definitely do and i have a tendency to repeat them to everybody so it's pretty funny i, I love to get these under, under my belt but so that i i find it very interesting and very telling that again I've been in healthcare for 30 years. You've been in healthcare a lot longer than that. And we've never seen uh, adult RSV in our careers. Yet, here we are like a year and a half later, all of a sudden they just happen to have in their arsenal a, a vaccine for adult RSV. Yeah, like they just I came mean, up with it. I think it's very interesting too that we test everybody. Everybody comes in the ER, they have an upper respiratory infection and or a respiratory infection. And the first thing we do for everybody is swab them. RSV, COVID pneumonia or, or RSV, flu and COVID. It's a three in one shot. And yep. for what? For what? We do nothing different. Nothing different. The, if scary, it's COVID. Part, the, the scary part for us is as erythromycin is antiviral against most of these respiratory viruses. So we should have been doing that the whole time. And, 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 you know, it's very effective hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. So if you have any kind of respiratory virus, um, you put these drugs on board, then if you need it, I'll add in a little, um, add in a little um, medrol dose back a couple of days later to prevent the inflammation. And it's amazing. I mean, patients are, you know, we're, I have no patients that are sick with the flu for any long, thing longer than a day or so. Yeah, it's amazing what you do when you intervene and you mitigate damage, which did not happen during COVID at all. We literally told these people that ibuprofen was contraindicated in COVID patients. I'd never heard anything so absurd in my life, um, but that, yeah, ibuprofen was contraindicated. We couldn't do anything to mitigate the damage, just kind of let them go home until you can't breathe, come back when you're a prime candidate for the ventilator. Um, and then we all know how, how that went. But so one more thing I wanted to touch on with you before we end the show today um, is there was a recent death. We're seeing, again, a lot of these died suddenly stories in the news. And there was a story on um, actor Alec Muser. He he was an um, actor on All My Children. Um, the wife posted he was 50 years old and the wife stated in her own words um, that that he was he passed away and she believed that it was due to a severe case of covid contributing to his death and she added that he was vaxxed and boosted so of course i made a post about it and you know i said he was vaxxed and boosted dead at 50. 
And I ended up taking a lot of heat for this post, Dr. Urso, because the following day it was revealed that, um, that he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And, you know, I had a lot of people that were urging me to take this post down in light of that information. And I didn't. I kept it up because the the fact is, is that we have seen a high incidence of new onset suicidal ideation post-vaccination, right? And I believe that, so I believe it's still a very valid concern that the vaccine could have contributed to his death. And in his wife's own words, she felt like it was COVID. I would say it was likely the vaccine. But we know that this shot doesn't stay in the arm. It travels everywhere. It most certainly crosses the blood-brain barrier. That's been well established, right? So this could absolutely be a contributing factor in my mind. Would you agree, Dr. Arso? Yeah, in sort of a backwards way, I can say hey, I, I, it's possible because, as you see, the, the rate of suicide has gone up a lot and people are living in fear. They're isolated. Um, and I think a lot of that contributes to it. And as you said, the vaccine does go in the brain and that is causing some deterioration for some people. I had, um, I've had, i had many people um, that have had brain fog after getting the vaccine, many. That's a big, that's a big complaint, actually. But we're seeing ALS on the uptick. We're seeing a lot of uh, Parkinson's on the uptick. We're seeing a lot of things that are happening that are basically affecting the central nervous system since the vaccine uh, came on 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 board. And I think um, I think in general, the the numbers of suicides, especially in the younger population, has gone up. Uh, I think it was up like twenty five percent. It's a pretty high number. Um, and I think uh, it's possible that it could have contributed to it. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it's a number of factors. And I think some of the policies and some of the things that have come out of Washington have actually contributed to some of that because of their, their, um, they're basically, you know, people are, are isolated and the isolation creates this problem. And I don't know this person, um, but, you know, I think in general, um, the whole, the whole pandemic policy, the whole, um, the whole pandemic has uh, led to a higher, higher incidence of, of suicide. And and as I said, I don't know if this guy had brain fog or anything else. I don't know. But, yeah, I think you can, you can basically sort of, you know, consciously say, you know, um, we, you know, we rest in peace. We hope you hope everything's hope everything's great. We wish you no ill will. Vax or unvax. Um, and I think you just kind of leave it there, you know, just kind of just be a, you know, that's who we are. We're good people. We try to do good things. We try to help people just because you're vaxxed. We're not mad at you. You know, we're, we want to help you too. Of course not. We want to, we want to be there. And, you know, people made decisions. Uh, A lot of them were fear-based. A lot of them were, they didn't want to, but they, they did what they thought was the best decision for them and their families. And, you know, I don't fault anybody for making that decision. I I will say, I can't understand the people that continue to get boosted um, over and over again, that, that line of thinking I cannot relate to. Um, But I understand that so many people in the very beginning, maybe one, two, I'll give them a third, uh, I'll give them a booster. But after that, I just, I really, really have a hard time um, understanding that that line of thought. And I think that, you know, we we can't save everybody. We can try to get information out there to people. But if people don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, then, you know, we really don't have, you know, our, our time is finite. And we, we cannot waste any time anymore for people that don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. So it's important that we save the ones who are willing and open to listening to what we have to say. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Jody has to say, because for myself, I feel similar to you in the sense that um, I don't want them to do these shots. I don't want them to fall ill. 
Um, but at some point, the evidence is out there, the information is out there, and I think some people just have what, we, what I would call willful blindness. So, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm not gonna, I can't feel. I mean, it is what it is. So that's fine. You know, exactly. We don't get hurt. We don't want them to die, though. Right. No, of course not. Thank you right. Guys. I mean, that's the Love whole point of. Too. I know we've covered a we've covered a lot of information, Doctor Urso. Thank you so much for being here with us. As always, it is well, a great pleasure to have you. Jody, go ahead and finish off oh, on this. Go ahead, Jody. Oh, I oh I didn't know if we had time. Um, I mean, that's the reason why we all came out is because we love people, yeah. and you know, and we love the truth, and and we love the our professions, and why we got into and into these different professions is to take care of people. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, we'll, we'll share our knowledge. We'll share what the truth is and, and love people regardless of their decisions. Um, but that doesn't mean that we pacify them or we stop speaking the truth. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you guys. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. So thank you, Jody. Thank you. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. And remember, we are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time